Hello, and welcome to Soothing Pod's Sleep Stories. My name is Arif, and tonight I will be your guide on a journey through the myths of ancient Greece. Together, we will explore the hallowed halls of Mount Olympus and follow the story of Hestia, the goddess of home and hearth. Before we begin our tale, Let's take the time to relax and let go of the stresses of the day. Close your eyes and let your breath become slow and deep. Feel yourself becoming lighter, more ethereal with each exhale. In this moment, you are free from all physical constraints, your essence as boundless as the air itself. Let the sound of my voice be the gentle current guiding you on this journey. Now, imagine yourself transforming, not into something or someone, but into a feeling, a presence. You are the wind, ancient and free, a timeless wanderer over the lands of ancient Greece. As the wind, you begin your journey atop the craggy peaks of the Greek mountains. Feel the exhilarating freedom as you swirl and dance over the rugged landscape. Your movements are effortless, a ballet in the open sky unbound by the laws of the earth. You sweep down into the valleys, rustling through the olive groves and vineyards. You are the unseen force that caresses the leaves and whispers secrets to the bountiful earth. The scent of the sea mingles with the earthy aroma of the land. Now, you glide over the bustling agora, where philosophers debate and poets recite. You are the gentle breeze that cools their fervent brows, the silent observer of history in the making. As you journey onwards, you find yourself drawn to the majestic Parthenon, its white marble columns standing tall and proud under the sun. Here, you whirl around the statues of gods and goddesses, each a masterpiece of art and devotion. With a playful gust, you move toward the sea, skimming over the waves of the Aegean. You are the breath of Poseidon, stirring the waters, guiding sailors on their journeys. As evening falls, you find yourself drawn to a glowing light atop Mount Olympus. As you move with grace and ease towards it, you see that the light is coming from a bedroom. 
It is the bedroom of Hestia, the goddess of home and hearth. Inside, the air is fragrant with jasmine and myrrh. You dance around the room, caressing ancient tapestries and fluttering delicate parchments. The goddess, a patron of arts and wisdom, senses your presence and smiles, welcoming your company. In her sanctuary, you are more than just a breeze. You are a messenger of the world outside, a carrier of stories and dreams. You find stillness in her room and silently watch as her story unfolds. In the quiet sanctum of her bedroom on Mount Olympus, Hestia, the eldest of the gods, was enjoying some well-deserved alone time. Outside, the raucous sounds of a party echoed through the halls, a cacophony of laughter and music that seemed to shake the very foundations of the celestial abode. The distant sound of music and mirth tempted Hestia for a brief moment. Maybe she should join them. But then the crash of glass, followed by a surge of laughter, quickly changed her mind. The noise, the chaos, it was all too much. She preferred the tranquil embrace of her own space, surrounded by the gentle flicker of the hearth. Hestia was, after all, the goddess of the hearth and home, a deity who found comfort in the quiet and the calm, far removed from the boisterous revelry of her fellow gods. Her domain was one of warmth and serenity, where the gentle crackling of firewood and the soft glow of embers spoke more to her soul than any wild celebration could. In this peaceful haven, Hestia embraced the stillness. She had always been this way, ever since she could remember. She blamed the circumstances around her birth for her introspective nature. You see, the day that she was born was the day her father had received word of a curse that he would be overthrown by one of his children. No sooner than Hestia had been born, her father threw her up into the air opened his mouth and swallowed her whole. And when her siblings were born, Demeter, Hera, Hades, Poseidon, and lastly Zeus, he did the same with them. One by one he gobbled them up, fearing the prophecy's fulfillment. For many years, 
the six children lived inside their father's belly until Zeus broke them free and they took their rightful place atop Mount Olympus. It was these years in the dark, caring for her younger siblings, that Hestia believed made her the quiet and caring goddess she was today. In the grand hall, the party continued. Hestia, settling into a comfortable chair, opened a book. Soon she was lost in the rhythm of words. That was until the door creaked open. Hera, her sister and queen of the gods, entered. Hera walked with a grace that seemed to make the room glow. Behind her sauntered Demeter, Hestia's younger sister and goddess of the harvest. Hestia, you're missing out. The party is just divine, Demeter exclaimed. Hera's eyes were kinder, filled with an understanding that belied her queenly stature. Hestia, why do you always choose solitude over celebration? Hestia closed her book gently, her voice as soft as the light from the hearth. After so many years in the darkness of our father's belly, I've grown to cherish the quiet she explained. Demeter laughed, a sound that seemed too loud in the serenity of Hestia's room. But we are all there, Hestia. All of us. It wasn't just you in the belly. And we all turned out fine. Yes, but none of you were there as long as I. Hestia replied calmly, her eyes reflecting the wisdom of ages. Being the eldest, I spent the most time in that shadow. It taught me the value of peace, of a tranquil heart. Demeter shrugged. Well, if you ever change your mind, the party awaits. With a whirl of her vibrant dress, she left the room, her laughter echoing down the hall. Hera lingered, her gaze filled with a gentle concern. Aren't you ever lonely, Hestia? Hestia smiled a soft, contented curve of her lips. I am never alone. I have the warmth of the hearth, the company of my thoughts. Solitude is a friend, not a foe. Hera nodded, her expression a mix of admiration and worry. You're stronger than most realize, sister. With a graceful nod, she departed leaving Hestia in her cherished solitude. Alone again, 
Hestia gazed into the flames of her hearth. Her mind wandered to the coming dawn, to the announcement she had long contemplated. It was time, she realized, to make her stand, to share her truth. The fire crackled in agreement. Tomorrow, she would reveal her decision, one that would echo through the halls of Olympus and beyond. Hestia awoke as the first light of dawn broke over Mount Olympus, painting the sky in hues of gold and pink. The tranquility of the morning stood in stark contrast to the remnants of last night's festivities. She began her day, as she often did, by restoring order after the party. Stepping softly through the hallowed halls of Olympus, Hestia's gentle hands gathered the scattered remains of the night's revelry. Her path was lined with forgotten wine glasses and strewn garments, each a colorful testament to the carefree abandon of the gods. She moved with a quiet grace, her touch almost reverent as she righted each glass and folded every item of clothing left behind. As Hestia approached the great hall, the scale of the previous night's celebration became apparent. The grandeur of the hall, usually a beacon of celestial majesty, was now veiled in the aftermath of chaos. The once pristine marble floors were marred by the footprints of dancing deities and the walls, which echoed the laughter and music of countless ages, now bore witness to a night of unrivaled jubilation. The great hall, with its high ceilings and towering columns, was strewn with remnants of the feast. Tables lay askew, some still laden with the leftovers of ambrosial feasts and nectarian drinks. Banners and streamers hung limply, their magic waning with the coming of dawn. In the center of the hall, the hearth, Hestia's sacred domain, stood untouched and serene a stark contrast to the disarray surrounding it. Its steady flame burned quietly, offering a silent homage to its goddess. As Hestia tidied the great hall, her attention was drawn to a peculiar rhythmic sound. It sounded like snoring. Intrigued, she followed the noise. The snoring grew louder, punctuated occasionally by softer, more delicate yawns that seemed almost musical in comparison. 
nearing one of the long tables, draped in a cloth as blue as the sea, Hestia noticed a curious scene. The tablecloth stirred gently, a telltale sign of life beneath. She reached out, gently lifted the edge, and peered underneath. There, in a tangle of limbs and loosely draped linens, lay Poseidon, god of the sea, and one of Hestia's brothers. Surrounding him were several nymphs, their forms curled in sleep, their expressions peaceful. The sight of her brother, tangled in sleep with the beautiful creatures, brought a knowing smile to Hestia's lips. As she watched, Poseidon stirred, his eyes blinking opened at the dim light of dawn, filtering into the hall. Catching sight of Hestia, he mumbled groggily, You missed quite the party. Hestia, with a gentle shake of her head and a smile still playing on her lips, replied softly, I believe I missed nothing that would bring me joy. Her voice was a quiet reminder of her choice, a path so vastly different from those of her siblings, yet perfect in its own right. She lowered the tablecloth, leaving Poseidon to his dreams. As she straightened up, the sound of commanding footsteps echoed through the hall. Zeus, the king of the gods, and Hestia's youngest sibling, entered the great hall. His presence was like a storm, powerful and impossible to ignore. He surveyed the aftermath of the night with an amused twinkle in his eye before his gaze fell upon Hestia. Ah, Hestia, ever the diligent one, Zeus said with a warm, brotherly tone. We are blessed to have you to restore order to our wild festivities. Hestia offered a respectful nod, the corners of her lips curling into a small, serene smile. Thank you, Zeus, but there is something I must discuss with you, and it cannot wait any longer. Zeus's brow arched, a spark of curiosity lighting his eyes. Of course, Hestia, what weighs on your mind? It's a matter I wish to announce to all, Hestia stated, her voice steady and resolute. Understanding the gravity of her words, Zeus turned and called out, Hermes, in a blink, Hermes, the swift-footed messenger god, appeared. His youthful face was alight with curiosity. 
sensing the unusual seriousness in the air. Hermes, spread the word. Hestia has an announcement to make, one that requires the attention of all on Olympus, Zeus commanded. With a swift nod and a mischievous grin, Hermes vanished, his speed a blur, to carry out Zeus's command. As Hermes darted away, the hall began to buzz with anticipation. It was rare for Hestia, the quiet and contemplative goddess, to call for such a gathering. Whispers and speculations swirled among the gods like leaves in a tempest. What could Hestia, the embodiment of hearth and home, have to declare that warranted such urgency? Hestia stood calmly amidst the growing excitement, her inner strength a stark contrast to the frenzy of conjecture. Her decision, nurtured in the depths of her soul, was ready to be revealed, marking the beginning of a new chapter in the tapestry of Olympus. Soon the great hall was filled. All twelve Olympian gods were in attendance. They settled into their seats, their eyes fixed on Hestia, who stood with a serene yet commanding presence. Hera, ever the epitome of grace and understanding, looked on with supportive eyes, while Demeter's expression betrayed a hint of skepticism. Still unable to fully grasp her sister's need for an urgent meeting. Poseidon and Hades, who had always known Hestia's spirit, nodded in silent understanding of what was to come. Even Zeus, the mighty ruler of Olympus, awaited her words with a sense of respect and anticipation. When Hestia spoke, her voice though soft, echoed powerfully in the hallowed hall. Today, I declare my vow of virginity and independence, she began, her words resonating with a strength that belied her quiet demeanor. This vow is not born from a disdain for marriage or family, but from a deep desire to be a unifying force, a constant flame that binds the homes and hearts of all, divine and mortal alike. Her declaration was met with a mixture of surprise, admiration, and in some cases, confusion. Hera approached Hestia, her eyes warm with newfound understanding. Sister, your choice is brave and noble, she said, her voice tinged with respect. Demeter, though still somewhat perplexed, 
offered a smile of reluctant admiration. Zeus rose to his feet, his presence commanding the attention of all. Hestia, your decision is a testament to your strength and dedication. As king of the gods, I hereby honor and uphold your vow. His words cemented her choice, granting it a sacred weight. In the moment of solemnity that followed, Zeus's eyes sparkled with a familiar, mischievous glint. He cleared his throat, a grand smile spreading across his face. And what better way to honor such a profound vow than with a celebration, he announced with a booming voice that echoed through the hall. The gods, ever eager for mirth and revelry, erupted into a chorus of cheers and laughter. The irony of celebrating Hestia's vow of solitude and peace with a boisterous party was not lost on them. But the allure of another festivity was too enticing to resist. Amidst the growing excitement, Hestia stood, a gentle smile on her lips, her eyes twinkling with amusement. She appreciated the sentiment, even if the form it took was humorously at odds with the nature of her vow. The gods, in their characteristic fashion, began to chatter and plan, their voices a cacophony of enthusiasm and suggestions. Wine flowed once more, and the hall, just moments ago a scene of serene declaration, transformed back into a hub of divine jubilation. Hestia watched the scene unfold, her heart filled with a quiet, unwavering peace. The contrast between her path and the ways of her fellow gods was stark, yet there was beauty in this diversity, in the tapestry of characters and choices that made up the pantheon of Olympus. As the party preparations began, Hestia's presence remained a calming force, a reminder of the balance between celebration and tranquility, between the boisterous joy of the gods and the serene flame of the hearth she guarded so dearly. The newly convened party at Mount Olympus was in full swing, a whirlwind of laughter, music, and dance. Amidst this spectacle of divine celebration stood Dionysus, the god of wine and revelry, his presence like a beacon of unrestrained joy. His laughter rang out, mingling with the clinking of glasses and the rhythmic beats of lyres and drums. Dionysus with his carefree spirit 
and infectious charisma had become a familiar, albeit unofficial, fixture at Olympian feasts. His arrival was always heralded by a surge in energy, a shift towards wilder, more jubilant festivities. Though not an Olympian god by title, his influence was undeniable. His ability to enchant and delight the gods was a testament to his unique power. As Dionysus moved through the crowd, the gods were drawn to him like moths to a flame. His cup never seemed to empty, the wine within as enchanting as the god who offered it. With each sip, the deities found themselves lost in euphoria, the worries of their divine lives melting away in the face of Dionysus's vivacity. In a moment of heightened merriment, Dionysus raised his voice above the din, his words bold and clear. My fellow gods, how I long to be one of you, to officially stand among the revered Olympians. This declaration, bold and unexpected, rippled through the crowd, sparking a mixture of reactions. Some gods, caught up in the spirit of the party, cheered at the idea, their voices a chorus of encouragement. But others, like Hera and Zeus, exchanged glances that spoke of the complexities of such a proposal. The Council of Olympians is limited to twelve, Zeus reminded the assembly, his voice echoing with the weight of tradition and order. Amidst the swirl of celebration, Hestia stood apart, her figure a silent, observing presence. Her eyes followed Dionysus with a thoughtful gaze. The sound of laughter, the sweet aroma of wine, the warmth of the dancing bodies around her, all of it felt distant, as if she were a spectator to a world she only partially belonged to. Hestia's thoughts wandered inward. She pondered her place among the gods, her role as the guardian of the hearth. While she held a position of respect and significance, her nature often left her on the fringes of these grandiose gatherings. Is my seat among the Olympian Twelve essential to my purpose? She questioned silently, her heart seeking an answer in the quiet spaces of her soul. As Dionysus continued to be the life of the party, his laughter echoing like a melody of freedom, Hestia's contemplation deepened. She considered the possibility of stepping aside, of allowing Dionysus with his zest for life 
and his desire for inclusion, a place among the Olympians. Perhaps my essence, my true calling, lies beyond these hallowed halls, she mused. As the revelry at Mount Olympus roared on, a new figure made his entrance, adding a distinctly different flavor to the night's affairs. Priapus, the god of fertility, known for his brazen demeanor and singular focus on carnal pleasures, swaggered into the party. His presence was hard to miss, a blend of audacity and unabashed virility. Surveying the scene with keen interest, Priapus sidled up to one of the lesser gods, a playful yet sly smile playing on his lips. What's the occasion for this grand celebration? he inquired, his voice dripping with curiosity and a hint of mischief. The lesser god, slightly taken aback by Priapus's sudden appearance, replied, It's in honor of Hestia's recent vow of chastity and independence. She has chosen a life of solitude over marriage and romance. Priapus's eyebrows shot up in surprise, his grin widening. Hestia? Now, that's a surprise, he exclaimed. Then, with a chuckle, he added, such a waste of a pretty woman, but I bet I can sway her. No woman can resist the charm of Priapus. How can she deny the god of fertility and masculinity? His words, though spoken in jest, carried his characteristic overconfidence, a belief in his irresistible allure that often bordered on comical. Priapus, with his single-minded view of the world, saw Hestia's vow not as a symbol of her strength and independence, but as a challenge to his own powers of seduction. Emboldened by his conviction and egged on by the laughter of those around him, Priapus set off through the crowd, determined to demonstrate his charm to Hestia. The gods watched with a mixture of amusement and disbelief as Priapus, ever the embodiment of masculine desire, made his way toward Hestia, fully intent on proving his point. Priapus, with his typical bravado, made his way across the hall toward Hestia. The goddess, her attention on the flickering flames of the hearth, seemed oblivious to the approaching god. Priapus, confident in his allure, leaned in with a roguish smile and began weaving his words, each laced with innuendo and suggestive jests. Dearest Hestia, 
surely a goddess of your beauty cannot truly desire a life of solitude. Allow me, the god of fertility, to show you the joys you're missing. Hestia, turning to face Priapus, regarded him with a calm, unimpressed gaze. Her composure remained unshaken, her response measured and firm. Priapus, your reputation precedes you, but it holds no sway here. My vow is my bond, and your words, no matter how craftily spun, will not alter my course. As this exchange unfolded, Dionysus, who had been observing from a distance, felt a surge of displeasure. He found Priapus's actions disrespectful and distasteful, especially in light of Hestia's recent, deeply personal vow. Moving with purpose, Dionysus approached the pair, his usual jovial expression replaced by one of concern. Priapus, I believe you've made your point, Dionysus interjected, his tone firm yet diplomatic. Turning to Hestia, he asked with genuine concern, Is he bothering you, Hestia? Hestia, appreciative of Dionysus's intervention, but still very much in control of this situation, replied, Thank you, Dionysus, but I can handle Priapus. It seems he fails to understand that some choices are made out of strength, not weakness. Priapus, caught off guard by Dionysus's interruption, and Hestia's unwavering stance could only offer a sheepish grin in response. The encounter served to highlight not only Hestia's resilience and dignity, but also Dionysus's sense of respect and understanding of boundaries, qualities that were often overshadowed by his more hedonistic pursuits. As Priapus retreated, the gods around them resumed their festivities, but the moment left a lasting impression. Hestia's strength and Dionysus's unexpected show of support painted a picture of mutual respect and depth of character often unseen amidst the Olympian revelries. Hestia, observing Dionysus's intervention and the respect he showed, felt a profound realization dawn within her. Dionysus, often seen merely as the god of wine and revelry, possessed a depth and understanding that went beyond his festive facade. In that moment, Hestia saw him not just a deity of mirth, 
but a being truly worthy of a place among the Olympian gods. Approaching Dionysus, Hestia spoke with a sincerity that mirrored the gravity of her thoughts. Dionysus, your actions today have shown a wisdom and respect that befits an Olympian. I have been contemplating my role among our kind, and I believe you are more suited for the position I hold. I offer to relinquish my seat in your favor. Dionysus, taken aback by her proposition, immediately protested. Hestia, I could never dream of taking your place. Your role, your presence among us, is irreplaceable. Hestia, however, remained resolute. It is not about being replaced, Dionysus. It is about fulfilling our true purposes. My path lies elsewhere, and your energy and compassion are what Olympus needs now. Seeing that the conversation required a more formal setting and the attention of all, Hestia stepped onto a nearby table, the action itself drawing the eyes of the gathered gods. With a fork in hand, she gently clinked it against her glass, the clear, ringing sound cutting through the din of the party. Gradually, the hall fell silent, every eye turning towards her with curiosity and expectation. Standing tall amidst the hushed crowd, Hestia prepared to make her announcement, a declaration that would reshape the very fabric of the Olympian hierarchy. Her heart was steady, her resolve clear. This was a moment of change, not just for her, but for all the gods of Olympus. Dionysus, I have come to a decision, she began, her voice imbued with a serene certainty. I wish to step down from my seat among the Olympians. My purpose extends beyond these walls, to a realm where I can serve as the guardian of hearth and home in its truest form. Zeus, taken aback by this unforeseen turn of events, summoned the Olympian gods to a private chamber. The air was thick with a mix of surprise, speculation, and a profound sense of change. As they settled into the sacred space, a hush fell over the assembly, all eyes on Zeus. Zeus, the king of the gods, stood with a gravity that matched the importance of the moment. We stand at a crossroads, he began, his voice echoing with the weight of history and authority. 
Hestia has made a decision that is unprecedented in our history. Her dedication to her role as the guardian of hearth and home has been unwavering, and now she seeks to pass this mantle to Dionysus. The chamber was silent as Zeus pondered, his gaze sweeping over the faces of his divine brethren. After careful deliberation, I have decided to honor Hestia's request. Dionysus will join our council, bringing with him a new perspective and vitality. The gods, absorbing the magnitude of this decision, responded with a mix of emotions. Some were visibly surprised, others nodded in support, understanding the depth and sincerity behind Hestia's choice. With the decision made, Zeus led the gods back to the party, where the atmosphere was electric with anticipation. As Zeus announced the change. Hestia, stepping forward, addressed the assembly. Her voice, though soft, carried a power that resonated through the hall. My dear family and friends, I am grateful for the years I have spent among you as an Olympian, but my journey now takes a new path, one that will allow me to serve in a different yet equally important way. Her speech was heartfelt, touching the hearts of all present. Dionysus, visibly moved and humbled, accepted his new role. I vow to honor this position with the same passion and joy that I bring to all aspects of life," he declared, his voice strong and filled with genuine emotion. This marked the beginning of a new era for the Olympian gods, a blend of tradition and renewal. Hestia's legacy as the goddess of the hearth endured, her influence felt in every warm and welcoming home, in every flame that flickered in the darkness. She remained a symbol of stability, her strength not in loud declarations, but in quiet conviction and unwavering dedication to her principles. Hestia, whose choice to step down was not an end, but a new beginning, a testament to the enduring power of quiet strength and selfless dedication. I hope you have enjoyed the story of Hestia, and it has brought you a night of peaceful, restful sleep. Please join me again tomorrow night for another sleep story. Until then, sweet dreams.